0: Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today, we're going to continue with that series called Faith Without Works is Dead. The title of the message today is Extraordinary Things Happen with Great Faith. Extraordinary Things Happen with Great Faith. Let's begin by going to Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Let's go there to the prophet Jeremiah. And let's go to the 32nd chapter and the 14th verse. And the backdrop of this is that God is bringing the Chaldeans against Judah, Zedekiah, and, and, and uh, uh, the, the, the children of Israel. And then he does something that's very interesting. In verse 14, it says, Thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, Take these deeds, this sealed deed of purchase, and this open deed, and put them in an earthenware jar that may last a long time. Now, what he was doing, what he told Jeremiah, he spoke to Jeremiah, he said, your uncle's son is going to come and he's going to give you an opportunity to buy some land. I want you to buy this land. Now, we're thinking, why would you want me to buy land? Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, they, they, they are... They're laying siege to, to to Jerusalem here. They've already taken over the territory that the land is in. Why would I want to buy land? You already said, God, that, that we're going into captivity. Why would I want to buy some land? It seemed to be worthless land. I don't want to do that. But this is what you said. Then, that's what he told Jeremiah. Then here comes his uncle's son and told him the exact same thing. I have some land. I want you to buy. You. You're the new king, uh, Kisma, Redeemer. You can buy this land. And so Jeremiah buys the land. And that's what he just said. He put the, the, the sealed deed and, the, and open deed in the earthenware. Verse 15 For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Houses and fields and vineyards shall again be brought, bought in this land. Now, God knows things that we don't know. So he's, he's using something physical, a physical example, and saying, I've already told you, because he did that in, in chapter 31, that I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to have a new covenant and all those type of things. I'm going to be your God. You're going to be... Uh, uh, my children, I'm going to bring you out of the lands. He's actually doing something in the natural, saying, You buy this land, you put it in earthenware, because in the future, the far future, you're coming back to this land, your uh, ancestors, and what you're going to do is have land already to buy. You, you've already bought it, you're going to have land there. So he was giving them a, a living example. Now listen to what it says. <clears throat> In verse 17. Jeremiah said, "Oh Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. This is what Jeremiah says. Because he's saying, God, you are so awesome. You... You, you can see far in the future. You can bring about, bring the past, anything you want to bring about. So even though uh, it looks like things are going to be desolate for a while because we're going into captivity, you've already said you're going to bring us out. Oh, Lord God, you are so awesome. Nothing is too difficult for you. Now I want you to go over to verse 25 of the same chapter. It says, You said to me, O Lord God, buy for yourself the field with money and call in witnesses, although the city is given into the hand of the Chaldeans. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, now this is God speaking there in verse 27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? This is God saying, before Jeremiah was saying this, now God is saying this. God is saying about himself that I'm the God of all flesh. All flesh. Nothing is too difficult for me. Is anything too difficult for me? Anything at all. Just think about your situation, whatever it may be. Think about your dreams, your aspirations. Think about uh, your past. Think about your future. Think about your present Is anything too difficult for the Lord? According to the word of God, there's nothing too difficult for the Lord. Why are we sometimes wringing our hands? Why are we sometimes in doubt about our situation? Because Jeremiah, at that time, he was in doubt about the situation. He said, I don't know why I should buy this land in a territory that's already been taken over by the Kaddai. Why should I buy this land? But then he obeys God and God said, there is nothing too difficult for me. Just like I can bring in an enemy, I can also take them out. I can do whatever I want to do because I'm the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? So we might be to name your situation, your family situation, an unsaved one. It can be someone who's sick. It could be someone, whatever the situation may be, financial situation. Is anything too difficult for God? Can he change this thing at any time he wants to change it? Can he change it? He can do that. He can do that. He can do that. So I wanted to, to uh, introduce the message today with that because we have to have this in our heart. It has to get into our mind, our emotions, our will. It has to get into our the core of our being. That is nothing. Nothing whatsoever too difficult for the Lord. So just because things look bad right now, it doesn't mean it's going to be bad forever. Right? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, this is good stuff here, I'm telling you. Because, because God is saying that about himself. And if, if, if you, we, I know that you know that, and I know that you've heard that before, but I don't think we really believe it Like God wants us to believe it. That there's nothing too difficult for the Lord. What you see today is not what's going to be. What you see uh, going on in my life is not going to be. Because God is moving us from faith to faith. He's sanctifying us daily. God is working in our lives. He's working under the scenes, behind the scenes. He's working because he's going to bring you to glory. He's going to bring you there, I guarantee you, because the word says so. Now, let's go over where we left off uh, from the, I think it was the second message. Maybe it was the first message I talked. but we're going to pick it up from there. In Hebrews, let's go over to Hebrews uh, chapter 11. And you, you know that that's the chapter that is a whole... Mark of faith. And we talked about that a little bit when John and I was talking up here and teaching. uh, We ended with really Cain and Abel in verse 4. Now let's start in verse 1 and we're going to pick it up in verse 5. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it men of old gain approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain through which he attained the testimony that he was righteous. God testified about his gifts and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. That's where we left off at that time. Then we're going to pick it up in verse 5. Let's talk about Enoch. By faith, verse 5, By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. He was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Okay, let's stop there. Now, here we have something that I know, you know, that it seems impossible. It seems impossible. That God's going to take somebody up and they're not going to see death. Not going to see death. Now, this is the second time in Scripture that I've seen it. Now, the first time was with what prophet? Okay, Elijah. Elijah, he was taken up. They couldn't find him. He was taken. So this is this is Enoch. Now before that, Enoch is the first person. So here is Enoch. He has a report that he pleased God, and he was taken up. Can you believe that God can take somebody up now? That, it, that it's possible that that we could be sitting here. And all of a sudden, somebody could be taken up, and you won't see them anymore. We go look in the bathroom, we go look in the children's department, we go look everywhere, they won't see them. They're gone. And it's not, it's not the time where all oh, the saints are going to be taken up, because you say, oh my goodness, I missed it. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just that God, they had a report that they pleased God, so God took them up. Is it possible? It's possible. Do you believe it could happen today? happen today. It could happen today. Now let's go to where it was talking about Enoch. Let's go to to Genesis uh, chapter 5. Let's go there. And it's very interesting. There's not much written about Enoch. Chapter 5 verse 21. Not much written about him at all. It says In verse 20, Enoch lived 65 years, and he became the father of Methuselah at 65 years old. Then Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. That's how long Enoch lived. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. That's what's written about Enoch in Genesis. That's all it's written about Enoch. Now, it doesn't say here that he pleased him. It says he walked with God. He walked with God. I wonder what else is left out sometimes and we don't see it. Well, let's look over in Jude verse 14. Let's look there. Because in Jude it talked a little bit a little about Enoch. It was very interesting. In Jude 14 and 15. This is the account we've had of him in the Old Testament. It looks like in the New Testament. It was about these men that Enoch and these men it was talking about, it was talking about the people over in verse four, these people who were uh ungodly people who uh turned the grace of God into the civics, and they denied their own master and lord God. They was they were they were just they snuck in unawares, they were they were against Jesus Christ, and they were immoral people, but they were in this along with their believers. So it says that. It was also about these men that Enoch, in the seventh generation from Adam, prophesied. Saying, Behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of all their ungodly deeds which they had done in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. When did he prophesy that? We saw the account uh, account in the Old Testament, didn't we? It was nothing written about him prophesying. Nothing at all written about him prophesying. But sometimes we get a little here, a little there. And some is written here, some is written there. But we see that Enoch was uh, prophesying also. I wonder if there are there other things that could have been, could have happened to Enoch that we don't know. Let's go to, back to, to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go back there and, and let's look that again. Look there in, in verse 5. It says, By faith he was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up, for he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. In Genesis says he walked with God. Here it says he was pleasing to God. If you're pleasing to God, you have to be in faith. Without faith, it's impossible pleasing. Let's look over at verse 6. Because it goes right along with verse 5. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of those who who seek him. And it means diligent to seek him, really. And so we see here that along with Enoch, when he says Enoch was pleasing to God, he was pleasing to God because he was a man of faith. If he were a man of faith, that means that God must have given him some instructions. In order to be in faith, to walk in faith, you got to walk according to what God has said. God says something and you do it. You do it by faith. So we see here that if it, pleased God, if it, walked with God, God must have given him some instructions. And we we, we say, well, where is that in the Bible? Well, we didn't see either way. He prophesied until we looked over at Jude. So I'm telling you that without faith it's impossible to please him. And God said he pleased him so he must have been a faith. If he's of faith then faith is the substance of those things hopeful. The evidence of those things not seen so that means that somewhere God him, gave him some instruction. Somewhere Enoch stepped out on faith and he did what God said he was supposed to do. This is what we're going to have to do. If we're going to have a testimony that Oh, they have great faith. Great faith. Then it's because we're, we're pleasing to God. Because you can't please God without great faith. If you have great faith, you're going to be pleasing to God. Extraordinary things happen with great faith. Is it extraordinary that God would take somebody up? That's Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Great things happen with, with, uh, you know, uh, I mean, just, (laughs) I mean, great things when you have great faith. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Let's look at another one. Verse 7 in Hebrews, chapter 11. By faith Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen. Okay, now it's an opportunity for Noah to walk by what? faith because he doesn't see it. He doesn't see anything. God just gives him some instructions and it's like uh, Jeremiah wait a minute, the land you want me to buy is already under the possession of the Chaldeans. Why do I want to buy some worthless land? See God knew later on you'd be back there. So he tells Noah Noah things to do that Noah had never seen in reverence it says he prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith extraordinary things happened to Noah extraordinary things happened to Noah I mean extraordinary would you agree with that? Now, we can go over to Genesis chapter 6 and look at some of those extraordinary things, but let's just talk about them. We know that it had never rained. Never rained. And here he is building a boat. Has, what, what are you building a boat for, Noah? It's a big boat, Noah. <laughs> What what would you say? Yeah, what would you say if you were in Florida and you are going to business to have a ski resort? <laughs> Some said, why, "Why are you going to business? It's never snowed in Florida." He's only doing this because God told him to, isn't it? That's the only only reason he's doing it because God told him to. Now, it's interesting that what we have to do is realize that God is going to give you instructions. God is going to give me instructions. Don't you know that people's lives depend upon you believing and having faith in God? Because it says here that in reverence to God, he prepared an ark for the salvation or deliverance of his household. His three sons, their, their wives, his wife, right? And themselves. How many was it? Eight. Eight souls. Plus the animal extraordinary things happen with great faith how am I gonna, how am I going to get all these animals in there two by two the unclean ones and seven the clean ones how am I going to do that God because some guys, some of them are going to want to sneak in here and you say only two how am I going to get a skunk out God Extraordinary things happen with great faith. Because see, we know that God brought those animals in. Noah had to go out and chase them down because he had to have a male and female. How do you how do, how do you look at a how do, how do you look at a, a grasshopper and say, Oh, you're male or female? Let me see. You know? <laughs> he don't, he don't know all that stuff. So God, God he they had depending on God. God told them when to go in, God closed the door, God told them when to <laughs> When they come out of the ark. It's all God. All God. But aren't you glad that Noah had great faith? Because if he didn't, we wouldn't be here. Because all of us came from Noah and those, and his wife and, and his three sons and their wives. All of us came from there. Didn't we? Right. Everybody else died. Every every single living soul died, except those eight. And all of us are from that eight. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? He didn't have no Chinese in there. He didn't have no Caucasian. He he just had his family. That's all he had. Then God do the rest, right? Isn't that great? Yeah. Extraordinary things happen with great faith. It really does. Let's go to another one. Verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed, by going out to a place which he was which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, how many of you would take your wife and somewhere you don't know where you going? Hey, where are we going? I don't know. God just says to go. Are we going to have a house? I don't know. Are we going to have to live in a tent? I don't know. How many of you women will follow a man like that? Oh, not too many. Oh, one. Oh, good one. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Lord, you got a good wife, boy. She, she'll follow you anywhere, boy. Follow you anywhere. (laughs) You get browned for us. (laughs) By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for a city which has foundation whose architect and builder is God. This is what he was doing. He is a future thing. He was laying a foundation for the future. And thank God for Abraham doing that because those that be Christ are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise, it says. Let's look at another one. Well, let's go back to Abraham just for a second let's look at Romans chapter 4 let's look at Romans chapter 4 because Romans chapter 4 tells a little bit more about Abraham in verse 13 Romans 4 verse 13 it says for the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law but through the righteousness of faith For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is nullified. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, there is also no violation. Verse 16. For this reason, it is by faith, in order that it may be according to grace, that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith, Of Abraham, who is the father of all, as it is written, a father of many nations, I have made you in the presence of him whom he believes, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. What does God do? He gives life to the dead. He calls into being what? That which does not exist. That's what God does. He called into being things that does not exist. And some of us are not what we should be. Is that correct? But God has called into being those things. Even though they are not now, they will be. They will be. You will be what God has said you're going to be, according to Romans chapter 8. Let's look a little further down here. In verse 18, in hope, against hope, hope is an expectation, okay? It's an expectation of receiving that which God has said. So, in hope, against hope, he believed, so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken so shall your descendants be. Verse 19. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. That's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to do that. And verse 11, this is uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. Let's go back there. Let's look at a woman of faith here. I doubted that until God said, if I see it, it is. It says, by faith, even Sarah, did he say it? By doubt, it says by faith. So the same as he said about Abraham, the same as he said about Enoch, the same as he said about uh, Abel. By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive. It took faith for her to receive the ability to conceive because of the deadness of her she dead womb, because she was barren from the beginning. When she was young, she was barren. So now that she's 90 years old, you know she's barren. She knows she's dead. She's not going to have no child, period. But it says here that she received the ability to conceive because of her faith in what God has said. Even beyond the proper time of life, says she considered himself faithful who promised. That's what it says. That's what it says. Therefore, there was born even of one man as he, and he as good as dead, at that as many descendants as the stars of heaven and nimble and innumerable as the sun, as the sands on the seashore. And we see that as because of faith. Because of faith. Now we can go to Genesis chapter 17 where it's talking about Sarah and when the the three men, one was God, and they, they were coming to destroy. You remember the angels? They were coming to destroy uh, Solomon and Gomorrah. And uh, they said, okay, this time next year Sarah's going to have a child. And Sarah laughed to herself. She didn't laugh out loud. She laughed to herself. And God said, why did, why did, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she laugh? I didn't laugh oh yes, she did, you laughed, you laughed, so that's why I was questioning why is she a faith I mean she's laughing about this thing uh, she was just she was just laughing because man it, here I am I'm this age because see she was eighty nine at that time because oh, this time next year would have been she was ninety. she had a child I when she was ninety, so uh that means that uh she was eighty nine and she was thinking. My age, I'm gonna have a child. People gonna say that. Oh, look at Sarah! You know she hasn't had children all these years. Look at she has one now. Look at her, she's old now, and she was she was laughing at that, but she was not laughing at the fact that God could do what He said He was gonna do. You see? How do I know that? You're not gonna have a child unless you believe that you can have one at eight or nine years old. And you try to have one. Is that right? Isn't it? You got to try to have one. You don't have nobody. You're just sitting there eating dinner. And all of a sudden a child come out. It ain't happened. not happen. not going to happen. Yeah. So she had to have some faith. Come on now. She had to have some faith to try. Right? I don't care, both of them are as good as dead. One, one is 99, the other one is 89. Come on, we, we're going to have this child. Okay, let's go, honey, let's go. Right? Isn't that right? You got to, you got to have some faith to try. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, you got to have some faith. She was a woman of faith. She was a woman of faith. Extraordinary things happen with great faith. Extraordinary thing That was extraordinary. It was extraordinary for Abram to have a child by Hagar, Ishmael. It was only 13 years earlier, right? He had Isaac when he was 100. Ishmael was 13 at that time. Thirteen from a hundred leaves about how many? Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven years old. He had to have some faith. So I'm telling you, these are great men and women of faith here. That God is saying that I want you to have faith like that. Extraordinary things will happen to you and your family if you have great faith. I'm going to tell you some things. To do that that you think are weird. But just do them. Have great faith. And the weirder the, the weirder the things, the greater faith it takes and the greater the extraordinary results. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You don't believe it, but I'm telling you. It doesn't take a lot of faith to do something that you, you believe is going to happen anyway. And this word is full of things that's weird compared to how we've been taught in the world system, that is. Am I right? Yeah. But God says, just do it. Just do it. Like Mary told the, 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 the men hey, whatever he tells you to do, just what? Do it. Just do it. You need wine. The wine is gone. My son Jesus, I've asked him to, to, to get some more wine. Even though he said his time not coming, has not come yet. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Now, if you were to, the, the servants in the household, and he'll tell you, uh, I'm, I'm going to get some wine. Go fill up the water pots. Would you do it? Now, if he told you to go to the store and gave you some money to the ABC store, you'll go. Because, you know, they have wine. You know, go to Kroger. They got some wine. Right? But he tell you to fill up some water pot. Suppose, Suppose he would tell you, oh, this is what I want you to do. You need some money? Go get some empty vessels. Just empty vessels. As many as you can find, empty vessels. And I want you to take them to your house, close the door. You say, well, I I, I, I need my debts paid. I don't need no water. I don't need no vessels. But see, whatever the man of God tell you to do, what? Do it. And so they go get it. And then say, okay, the little oil you have, start pouring. I got about 20 vessels, 30, 40, 50 vessels, and I got a little olive oil here, enough to cook an egg. And you're going to tell me, you know, because I like it sunny side, you know, a little lightly over, so I need a little bit more. So you're going to tell me that I'm going to store a porn. What's the purpose of this stuff? If you, well, extraordinary things happen with great faith, right? So what happened? She starts pouring. It never stops until the last vessel is full. Now it stops. Then he says, go sell those vessels and now pay your debts. Oh, come on now. Pay your debts and what? Live on the rest. That's what he said, and live on the rest. God is, a, like Minerva said, an abundant God. He doesn't say, it. She, all, she wanted her debts paid. He, all he could have done is say, go sell them and pay your debts, right? No, go pay your debts and live on the rest. You'll never be broke again. Woo-hoo-hoo, go, hallelujah. Let's stand to your feet. God is good. God is good. I I tell you, extraordinary things happen when you have great faith.